Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Interesting polling out. Uh, of course, we'll talk uh, in the next half hour about what it says in terms of who Canadians are thinking about voting for. But it also talks about issues and what's on the minds of Canadians in these final days of the campaign. And back at the beginning, um, COVID had dropped right off the map. It was down, I think it was number four as we headed into the campaign as what's most important. Now it's number one again. 30% of Canadians say that COVID-19 is the number one issue as they uh, think about who they're voting for. Number two, though, is affordability and the cost of living, and that is number one for 26% of Canadians. Uh, there's been a lot of talk by the parties about how they're going to address that. The one area we're going to focus on right now is affordable childcare. You know, it's been discussed by all of the parties. So let's go through what each one of them is saying and get rid of all the politics and all of the rhetoric and just say, okay, if this party comes into power, what does it mean to my bottom line? That's ultimately what we care about. So joining us to discuss that is Sandra Martin, the editor-in-chief of Money Sense. Sandra, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Shay. So let's just do this one by one. Let's start with, well, we'll start with the government in power. If the Liberals are elected, what does it mean for somebody looking for affordable childcare? What does it mean to their bottom line? They are promising $10 day childcare, but with an asterisk. So it's not going to happen right away. Um, and the $10 a day price will be on average. Um, so that means some childcare spaces would still exist that are more expensive and um, likely some spaces would exist with larger subsidies for families that are more financially challenged. Uh, but like I said, it's not going to happen right away. So the goal is to have an immediate 50% reduction in average fees by the end of 2022. And the average $10 a day fees by 2025-26. So there would be a few years to wait. Um, there's also the asterisk of getting buy-in from the provincial and territorial governments. And so far, they've signed agreements with uh, with several of them, British Columbia, Nova Scotia, yep. Yukon, yep. PEI, etc. Um, but not everyone's bought in yet. So there, there are some question marks around it. So we can't actually say, okay, this is ultimately what it's going to mean because we don't have 100% certainty at this point. Right. And there's, you know, to be honest, there's never 100% yep. certainty with any election platform. So voters should always take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, a promise is worth a promise during an election campaign. We know that. Uh, let's go on to the NDP. They're talking about the same kind of thing. Universal $10 yeah. a day child care, right? They're saying that flat. $10 a day, that's what we're giving. So that's a slightly different um, uh, description than the Liberals offered. Uh, but again, as a voter, um, is that realistic? I mean, things that you should ask yourself. What's what's the plan look like? Um, we've got links on our website. Um, we, we, we broke everything down, and there are links to each of the parties' platforms for voters who are keen and want to go through the actual platform to get the full details. Okay, and as you say, that's, that's what they're saying, um, but it probably would take some time to ramp up exactly what it looked like. We don't know, but the promise from the NDP is a universal $10 a day childcare system from coast to coast to coast. That is the promise, yes. Okay, Conservative Party, they're getting a little more nuanced. They're being a little more uh, complicated, I guess is one way of putting it. They're not coming up with, hey, it's $10 a day for childcare. They've got a different plan in place. What are they proposing? Right. So it's kind of an enhanced version of what parents um, have now. 
Um, so a larger uh, tax credit that they say will cover up to 75% of the cost of childcare for families that are lower income, um, and then also provide some benefit for, for most families. Mm-hmm. Um, but the catch is you have to pay for it out of pocket first, and then you get the tax credit. So that's something to keep in mind, especially if you're a family who is, um, you know, really working hard to, to stretch that money every month. Yeah, I mean, there, so it's their, their plan is a little more ambiguous even than the liberal one because we know we don't know in terms of what it's going to mean for flexibility for all that sort of stuff. They're promising more flexibility because you're ultimately in control of this this refund system, but it's pretty tough to to pinpoint exactly what it's going to mean, right? Yeah, great point. And and sometimes you end up paying more than you would like to for childcare, I would say a lot of the time, yeah. because you have to take the spot that's available when it's time for you to go back to work. Um, but in terms of, you know, the range of, uh, of the tax credit, they're saying depending on family income, uh, your credit will be 26% to 75% of what you pay for childcare. But again, you have to pay for it out of pocket. All right. So we can't definitively say this is the cheapest plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did. We what well, we went through. We we went through different family situations. Sure. Right. Yeah. Canada, um, and looked at what would that mean in terms of dollars. Would it change? You know, based on like we we said. Here's here's how many kids this family has. Here's where they live to get a sense of what you know what their taxes are like. What's their annual household income, and what would each of the parties. Uh, uh, platforms look like if they if they came to fruition the way they're saying it will come to fruition what would that look like for them in actual dollars um, so for example we've got uh, uh, family one Nick and Sarah have two kids uh, household income of $190,000 and they live in Ontario so taxes and cost of living are quite high so currently they're paying $15,585 in childcare, um, uh, and that's including the deduction they get in the Canada Child Benefit. So that is their bottom line for childcare, just under sixteen thousand dollars a year. Um, how much better or worse off would they be if ten dollar a day childcare happened? Let's just yep. assume either both the Liberals or the NDP, if they get in, achieve ten dollar a day childcare, um, uh, they'd actually. Uh, be a little bit um, better off uh, with a refundable tax credit. A high-income family like this one would get back one thousand four hundred and ninety-six dollars. Wow! So we went through with a number of different situations. One is a you know, single-parent family who lives in Manitoba who earns forty thousand dollars a year and has two kids, and and that person's situation is is quite different. And there's so much variability, right? It's really hard. You can't come up with one final answer on this because every family is different and every plan is going to be different. Sure. And that's why we, you know, we really um, were excited to be able to work with uh, the Financial Planning Association of Canada, where, you know, financial planners crunch the numbers for us because it's really hard to know as a voter, okay, I like the way this looks, but what will that, would it really materially change anything? Mm For me, and if so, how much? Um, so hopefully, you know, Canadians will who, are, who for whom childcare is an important issue will find this a useful guide. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate you sharing some of the insight with us, Sandra. My pleasure. Thank you so much. That is Sandra Martin, who is the editor in chief of Money Sense.